0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, friends, Romans, taxpayers, and countrymen, to the one and only Conservative Review podcast here at our Northern Command Center on this bright Wednesday, September 25th. And it is our 500th show. Um, special show today, great anniversary. I can't believe it's been this number of years since we started out originally as a once a week show. You know, most of you at that point knew me more from the daily columns, my writing. I never really thought of communicating myself for the most part through a show. Uh, I would go on other people's shows, but never had my own. So we started off weekly. Remember those days with Joe Koss and I would would do this once a week show just for a half an hour And we gradually expanded it twice a week, three times a week. And eventually, you know, last year we made it every day. And then a couple months ago, we moved to video. Now we are available on YouTube. And, you know, sometimes we sound exasperated, agitated, frustrated. Uh, But if nothing else, we are very thankful. I think all of us are thankful that we still live in a free country to the extent that we at least have freedom of speech. And at least... We are able to bring to you out of the box ideas that really are not out of the box to average citizens. And I would argue even a lot of people consider themselves Democrats. This is a truly independent conservative program that eschews this phony fight between the two parties that are both broken as anything, where we focus not on the soap opera, but on the important issues that matter to the future of our sovereignty our civilization, our civil society, our security, our, our markets, our liberty, and you know whether we're talking about immigration or crime, healthcare, foreign policy, military strategy. Certainly, what we've built here on the courts, understanding the role of the courts and the threat of judicial tyranny. I really thank God that we've been able to go this long and you know reach this anniversary, this five hundredth anniversary. To give you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And that's the thing. While everyone's going to be focused on funny issues, funny money, we care about what are the issues that will determine the future of this country. What is it we can do? And in that sense, this show, as you well know, is not just a podcast. It's a movement. It's a movement we created here with Conservative Review, our new home at Blaze Media, Um, but it's the same conservative review where we actually view things from a different perspective than most people inside of Washington. And we actually focus on the discernible policy outcomes where we're not just here for politics as an end to itself, um, where I just need my name in the news or my face on TV or something to sell some books. No, we are here to push a very consistent agenda that when really articulated to the masses is something that would resonate if we only had a party pushing it. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why I'm all dressed up today, but I'm, I'm just really excited. And most of all, I'm, I'm just thankful to all of you guys that stood with me. Some of you from day one, you remember those days with Joe Koss once a week, uh, podcast, um, audio probably wasn't such good quality. And certainly those of you who have followed now are newer video audience. And uh, I'm telling you guys, you're not going to regret it, because if nothing else, you're going to hear things you haven't heard, perspective you haven't heard, issues you haven't heard, or even if they're issues others are talking about. um, It's certainly going to be from the perspective that's usually beyond the false choice of what you're hearing in the media. And you know, folks, one of the major issues that we've discussed this year, in fact, probably the biggest issue is immigration and not just this drive by discussion, but every facet of legal, illegal borders, cartels, drugs, gangs, sanctuaries, criminal aliens. We've given a full vision, not just what things should not look like, but what things should look like. And obviously, this has been a traumatic year with almost a million people coming to our border. It appeared for a while that our border just disappeared. It looked like this flow would never end. And then suddenly things started to change. And one of the people that has been really instrumental in those changes is Ken Cuccinelli, who was tapped in June to be acting USCIS director, Citizenship and Immigration Services. And we're going to discuss why that's an important agency um, with our special guest. And with no further ado, we bring in Ken Cuccinelli, acting director of USCIS, to join us in honor of our 500th birthday. Hello, Ken. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Happy
1: 500th. Well, really appreciate it. Look, you know, um, you know you're one of the few that would probably be willing to come on and have a long form discussion <laughs> about what's actually going on, sovereignty, um, security. Gosh, I wish I can get you for an hour. I know our time is limited. I want to put up right here so our listeners could see a chart I had my staff make um, just just a couple of weeks ago. This is Texas weekly border data. Now, Texas accounts for about 80 percent of all border numbers. So this is the story of the whole border. And look at that massive downward trajectory beginning right around June when you were appointed. And look, there's some other good personnel choices that the president has made. Could you explain this chart to us? Why it what looked to be uh, looked to many people to be a new normal of 100, 150,000 coming a month? There's nothing we can do. Anyone can just come with a kid. We have no laws. Suddenly, indeed, we do have laws.
0: Well, uh, certainly that peak in May uh, was extraordinary. Uh, I mean, we're still at crisis levels, even though we're probably barely above a third of what we had in May. Uh, in August, we were celebrating getting numbers down from 144,000 total crossings in a month in May down to about 64,000. Um, over half, uh, over two-third drop in family units and children, which are logistically much more difficult to deal with. So that's been a, a big change. Yet, if you Take out the last five months before that, including four over a hundred thousand people coming over every month. August is worse than every single month in the last seven years, except two. So we are still at crisis levels, even though uh, you know we very recently had congressional representatives who said things like this is a manufactured crisis, et cetera. And then they would come and complain about overcrowding at border patrol stations when that's actually their problem. They're, they're, they decide what resources Border Patrol and ICE have to detain people. Um, but I will say, in the height of the crisis and continuing on today, both the Border Patrol agents um, and ICE have been extremely creative and aggressive in using the facilities they have to get maximum detention out of it. So, And that's what they should be doing. And, uh, and we want them to be doing that going forward, but we continue to have this challenge with Congress on this front, and despite that, and largely because of the president's willingness to deal with immigration in a way n- neither his Republican or, nor Democrat predecessors have been willing to do. I mean, he was willing to take the wood to Mexico, to the Northern Triangle countries. Um, for instance, with Mexico, meaningfully threatening tariffs, which is a big deal to them. President Trump knows that our trade flows with these other countries, whether it's Mexico, China or somebody else, matters more to them than it does to us. We are more important to them than they are to us. And no president of either party has been willing to use that leverage until Donald Trump And What he got Mexico to do after threatening them with tariffs was to get more cooperation out of them than we've had in quite a long time. Now, there's plenty of problems in Mexico. I know you write about a lot of them, um, and those continue. However, we are getting better Mexican border enforcement from Mexican officials than we've seen in a long time. We're actually getting them Not freely allowing people to travel through Mexico to get to the US border now. They're actually seeing protests over this in southern Mexico now. Um, We also have uh, the vast majority of our detained, what I'll call detained families, families awaiting hearings who have not been let loose in the United States, are waiting in Mexico. They're not in ICE facilities. Now, ICE has families in detention, but there's 20 times as many, maybe 15, 20 times as many waiting in Mexico as there are, say, at the Dilly facility, ICE's largest facility in Texas. So that partnership is making genuine headway. And as those things came online and we working together, myself at USCIS, ICE, and CBP, all in Department of Homeland Security, of course, um, to make this work, that's why you've seen those numbers coming down so dramatically. I mean, there is a there is a historic 6% drop in the summer, but look at that chart. It's like no, 70%. That's, that's not a 6% drop. We're dropping precipitously 20 plus percent each month, yep. not just 6% for the whole summer. So we made a lot of headway. We have a long way to go. We- uh we're no longer releasing families any longer that come to the border. There's no catch and release going on um, border wide starting next week and um, and you know hopefully we will soon be deporting more than are crossing the border illegally. Uh, it's kind of it's hard to tell exactly when we hit that point, but um, we certainly want to get there and keep going so that we now start exporting people who are here illegally rather than importing them
1: so that's how we got here that a was the cooperation with the diplomatic tools that the president used and he actually yeah. did reference that in his speech yesterday at the un right. the importance of sovereignty not just for america but for all nations the whole world have right. sovereignty it makes everyone stronger but then also in our own laws we actually said look you can't come and scam us. So guess what? They stopped coming and scamming us. Right. So could you just update us on the here and now? What does it mean when? Well, what does it mean that yeah. we ended catch and release? Does it mean sure. that we say, hey, you could have applied. You're from from Honduras, Guatemala. You could have applied to Mexico. So you're no longer eligible or is there something more to it than that?
0: Uh, that is one piece of it. And um, I would note that us just saying it has not accomplished what you see on that chart, because lots of government, meaning American governments before us, have said lots of things. And when immigrants came illegally to our border, they got what they wanted anyway. Um, The reason it's working now is because we're backing it up, because we have a president who really is building a wall. You know, We're now finally accelerating that process. And um, you're, you're seeing that move very quickly. Who is repatriating people quickly to the Northern Triangle countries now, Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, uh, without papers frequently? We have no document returns now. That's a lot more efficient for ICE and ICE mm-hmm. air, as we call it, uh, to, uh, to handle repatriations, to handle returns. That's going much more quickly, much more smoothly now. And when people show back up in the neighborhood, if Fred in Guatemala sees the family next door leave to go migrate to the US, and four weeks later, they show back up in the neighborhood, Mm. that sends a message to Fred that it may not be worth the $6,500 that he was going to pay that smuggler to get him up, which, by the way, for him is his life savings, and about twice their national GDP. So, you know, this is a big deal to them and their quality of life as well. Um, And in the same way, the president used tariffs with Mexico. And by the way, Daniel, I would note, I think it is so important that the president has actually imposed tariffs in other parts of the world, like with China. They know he means business. Yes, he means business. Again, going back to both his Democrat and Republican predecessors who really didn't mean business. Um, And there was every reason if you're a foreign country and new president says, oh, I'm going to threaten X. Well, X had never often been done uh, by US presidents. And yet here he starts to do it in other parts of the world. You know he means business. So that's a big deal. Very important. I know there's plenty of free trade folks who just hate to see tariffs, but they're a tool. They're a it's tool. A tool yeah. and, and given given the importance of stopping illegal immigration at our southern border and really for our whole country and expanding repatriation so we can have an outflow of illegals rather than an inflow is is worth the trade-off sure. on the negotiating stand on the tariffs. So we've also implemented rules. You alluded to one of them called the IFR, it's it's forget the government acronyms, but We implemented that in July. The Supreme Court freed us up about two weeks to actually use it after the Ninth Circuit tied us up in knots. I know you're shocked by that. And what it means is that someone migrating to the United States through the southern border um, and seeking asylum, who'd like to seek asylum here, must have sought it and been rejected in a country through which they have already come. So let's stay with Fred, the Guatemalan example. He comes up through Mexico. He must apply for asylum and be rejected in Mexico now, uh, uh, or he will not be considered for asylum at the U.S. Southern border. Doesn't that essentially apply to every non-Mexican practically? I mean, yes. No, no practically about it. It applies to every non-Mexican coming to the southern border. Um, And, um, you know, that is a that is a huge tool for us that we're now ramping up the implementation of all across the border and they know this south of the border. The governments know it. Word gets out in the communities. They know it. Uh, I would also note that ICE passed a Flores regulation. Flores is the name of a case that one judge <laughs> effectively foisted on the entire federal government, the requirement that we keep families together and release them within 20 days, 20 days, uh, because if because there are children present. So they applied the rules they had applied from a 20 year old, 18 year old settlement uh, for children to families with, with no real good basis to do that. And not only our view, but we have the same position on this that President Obama's administration had on this. They opposed the judge doing this too. Well, we finally have a regulation going into effect in October, it was published in April, that will take off the 20-day limit on detaining families. So that means we can now detain them through a hearing process when most of them get rejected uh, in their requests because they're not coming here through a legal process. So as we add more rules within the boundaries of the law, within the boundary of the law available to this president in the executive branch, because we're not getting cooperation from Congress. We're really not getting anything. Oh, nothing, from nothing. No. And, and, uh, and that that that's how we're making this work.
1: And that's the thing. A lot of us have said for quite so such a long time, we do have laws. And it's not like we it's you know, there's no immigration laws. They just need to be enforced, right. certainly on the resource. And I think that's really where Congress falls down, because you do need yeah. more ICE detention beds. I want to just two more things. So with the ICE detention beds, with the resources on um, the border wall, what I'm hearing from a lot of agents now is that as those surrendering has dropped because they realize the game's over, they are seeing a lot more what they call gotaways and runners getaways. Yeah, getaways who, who are yeah. yeah getaways who are, by the way, family units, which they haven't okay. seen so much until now. Um, isn't that really where we need the wall for those who don't want to meet the agents um, yes. and they're not going to surrender? it's a force yeah, multiplier it's a
0: uh, it's a funny measure of success that when they know they can't overwhelm our system any longer they stop turning themselves in so they're trying to get away again from the from the border patrol agents who are chasing <laughs> them down and who are spectacularly effective at their job are do we need more of them yes sure. of course we do but the reality is the men and women who do that work are really talented and very determined, and they know their territory. Uh, And they are immensely aided as we add wall and various forms of barriers at various points of the border. Um, And not surprisingly, Daniel, where we're prioritizing putting it up um, is first, where it does the most good to inhibit illegal traffic. But two- also, you know within that category are the places we already own land, are the places we can buy land and and do all those kinds of steps administratively we have to do before we put up the wall or other barriers, and in many cases, replace literally barriers that are older than you and me and that oh, yeah. people just walk through uh, so and and border patrol agents, I'm sure they've told you they they certainly have told me. Where we put these up in these good strategic locations, they make a huge difference, both in keeping the agents safe, but also in allowing them to corral and capture illegals.
1: You know, Ken, every day, every day we see the press releases from CBP on the front end at the border, previous sex offender, you know, deported, caught at the border. But then we also see in the communities, Montgomery County, Maryland, but many other places, yada yada who came in. Um, at some unknown time, was caught um, by police, and then we get into the sanctuary issue. But the point that people miss is they don't connect it back to the border, is that for everyone that Border Patrol does catch, unfortunately, there's a lot of these people, and it's particularly the really bad ones, that are going to pay extra money to get strategically smuggled in. I, I feel that too many in government haven't done a good enough job Explaining the wall for this purpose,
0: these very people. Yeah, so I, I saw an interesting report earlier today saying that um, you know sanctuary policies allegedly don't affect crime. Well, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> just as it's ridiculous to say that having a better barrier at the border doesn't affect crime, they're thinking about crime rates. But these are literally people who should never be here in the first place. Who then commit a crime? Who that would never happen? Never happen. Yeah. But for the failure one on the border because we've been swamped at the border, and two with our sanctuary localities that frankly harbor not just illegal aliens but criminals, people who are committing other crimes. Other crimes. Yeah. But you you mentioned Montgomery County that they've had nine sexual assaults since July twenty fifth with with illegals, many of whom were actually all of whom were deportable, but many of whom had been previously released by sanctuary localities like Montgomery County. We see it in the news in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, and of course, all over California. Uh, I mean, we can go around the country and spot locations. And every single one of those uh, locations has crime and crime victims that they would not otherwise have if they were handing criminal aliens over to ICE cooperatively.
1: Exactly. And once they're handed over, if we would have a wall and proper border enforcement, they would be kept out. And um, right. You know, we have about one point eight million criminal aliens have been deported. Criminal aliens have been deported the last decade from the numbers I've tallied. A heck of a lot of them want to come back and do try to come back. And some have. Some have, and and we see that every day, tragically. Real quick before you leave, I just want to, and I know you got to run, if you could give over, well, first, if I could give over the critique of you from the media would be something like this. All right, (laughs) I understand Border Patrol and ICE. Okay, they're a bunch of right-wingers that just want to, you know, keep everyone out. But USCIS is designed to be for immigrant benefits and to bring people in. Isn't it true, Director Cuccinelli, that um, USCIS is like the other two agencies in the sense that the American government is for the American citizens. It is so that immigration works for us. So if you're a public charge, if you're a danger, if you're one of the inadmissible categories in USC 1182, that your representatives, your caseworkers are able to vet them and ensure that everyone coming in not just works for the immigrant, but in doing so, it works for the American people.
0: Yeah, well, and let's be really clear. We are a vetting agency first, not a benefits agency. Mm -hmm. We are here for the benefit of the American people, period. The American people, through their elected representatives, have set up an immigration system that is designed to work for the American people. And that does mean that immigrants who come here and follow our rules and our laws, who qualify as uh, the laws have been put in place for various benefits, whether it's to come in and work on a seasonal basis, or whether it's to come visit, or to come join us as a a legal permanent resident. If they meet the requirements that Congress has put in place, and our vetting does not show them to be a danger or threat or fraudulent in some way, then they get that benefit, but they don't get it because they have a right to it. No one- has a right to come into this country, period, it is a privilege. That's it. It is a privilege granted by America to others outside of America. And this entire system is set up for the benefit of America and Americans. Uh, And and that is the view we take here. When when someone doesn't qualify properly for uh, an immigration benefit here, and we figure out Instead, that they are not here legally, unlike our predecessors, we then hand them their court date and we start the removal process Mm. right here at USCIS. It's called giving them an NTA, notice to appear, and it gives them a court date and it puts them in the removal process. So if they qualify under the law, they get the benefit. If they don't, they get a notice to appear and we start the removal process. And we are determined partners of Border Patrol, CBP, and ICE. Uh, We are all in the same family. We all have the same goals. They do the law enforcement side. We do a lot more of the back end, the processing, and we do a a lot of, as you know, I do a lot of communication on the immigration front with our whole team. And we're determined to keep doing this together as a team. And we're going to keep driving those numbers down until, as I said, not only are we deporting more illegals than are coming in, but that we're achieving a level that's sustainable um, in all of our agencies, whether it's for ICE and the detention capacity they have, whether it is for the Customs Border Protection and their ability to handle things at the border, and critically, something we haven't talked about, the immigration judges Mm. over in the Department of Justice of which there simply are not enough. There's 400 and some odd judges and about 900,000 immigration cases. So it is a very serious backlog and people who come into this country often try to use it against us. We are now working to put rules in place that eliminate what we call those pull factors. And uh, we're not getting help doing that from Congress. So we're using the legal authority, and I know you've talked about how much legal authority does exist. This president's been very clear with me and with the whole Department of Homeland Security team that we should be aggressive in using what is out there to, uh, to discourage, not encourage people to come to this country illegally and make sure they're following the rules, following the law, and we're controlling our borders and our own sovereignty.
1: That's a really good point. I was just thinking as you are talking, because, you know, everyone views it as, hey, I got an immigration lawyer and he found this part of statute. I have a right to this, a right to that. Well, first of all, as you said, it's, it's not a right. You could apply for certain things. But in terms of the determination to give it, that was all given over to the executive branch. And in fact, there are many criterion that you must use to reject um, people that are Correct. in danger, a public charge. Look, I came up with a line recently that in some ways USCIS is more important than the special forces in the war on terror, because you are the gatekeepers. I mean, we just yeah. had this case, um, this Saab do this unit 910 Hezbollah guy who was uh, indicted, thankfully, by the FBI. Great work. But it turned out that he was going back to Lebanon, traveling 10 different times, engaging in right. commando style work there while his naturalization papers were What's pending. from 2005 to 2008, and I'm thinking, my gosh, you guys are they, I mean, I know that was a long time ago, but I would hope that you have in place procedures to guard that, hey, if you're from a certain area, are you visiting grandma, or are you playing footsies with (laughs) the Hezbo's?
0: Right, right. Well, and under this president, what he called the extreme vetting procedures, we're doing more of that than ever before. Our agency still lacks certain tools. We do not have, for instance the kind of easy access to criminal background checks that our law enforcement partners have. We rely on group databases um, where that information is hopefully been 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 included. And as I said, we're doing a lot more thorough vetting under this president than any of his predecessors. So we're being a lot more effective at that. And a lot of the people you find in those, in those arrests, those indictments and so forth, are from before President Trump took yes, office. they really are, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that, and it, a lot of it is already here, so it becomes a different challenge at that point. It's an, but an FBI where the issue. still has a role to play is when these people come to adjust their status to get longer-term immigration benefits, those sorts of things, then we get another opportunity to try and vet them effectively. And as you know, we, we send a lot of those folks packing. As, as we should. And look, you know, I would love to go over the whole naturalization
1: issue, philosophy behind that. We'll have to save that for another day. Thanks so much for Absolutely. being so generous with your Good to time. Be with you. And uh, we'll have you back again.
0: My pleasure. Happy five hundred.
1: Really appreciate it. Well, there you have it, folks. That was Ken Cuccinelli, acting director of USCIS. And um, I mean, notice you see a man with a mission. You know, he wasn't politically correct about it. He understands what his job is. Uh, as the director, and I, I thought that last point. I, I asked him that on purpose because I don't think other people have brought that up. There's this perception, and I see it all over the place. That you know, if you want to go in and for be a law enforcement guy, go to ICE and, and Border Patrol. But but you're USCIS, and your job is to give out immigrant benefits. And, and like, no, there's through, there's no job for immigrants in government. The job is. For the U.S. citizens your job is to protect the prerogatives whether it's the security whether it's the fiscal cost whether it's health concerns is to protect the sovereign citizen now immigration when done right as expressed through our laws um, and told unless we change them then it should be a benefit to both but um, to be clear nobody has a right to come here and if you're a USCIS caseworker it's not like Oh, well, John Smith, you know, applied. There's nothing I can do. I got to give him the status. Well, no. I mean, if you have concerns, if you think he's going to be a public charge, if you think he's likely to be a problem, the law actually says you have to deny that. Um, And I think, you know, many of us were thinking we want a guy like Ken Moore as, again, ICE director, CBP commissioner. But I think. If you look at his philosophy, it is very important that he is in that USCIS role because they are the vetting agency. They are all about vetting, um, all about enforcement. It's not about benefits. Again, when you're enforcing the law, it's a benefit to everyone. That is law and order. Um, Let me know if you have future questions that you want me to ask him um, in the coming days. Uh, we're gonna cut it a little short today on our anniversary, but I just want to end off with this note. Um I, I think the president gave a terrific speech yesterday, I referenced before at the UN General Assembly. And the, the the key here, especially with this imbroglio over impeachment now, is how do we get him and and more people around him on message? with the right policies and the right messaging to stay consistent on this issue and it will make impeachment look small. And he said, today I have a message for those open border activists who cloak themselves in the rhetoric of social justice. Your policies are not just, your policies are cruel and evil. You are empowering criminal organizations that prey on innocent men, women, and children. You put your own false sense of virtue before the lives and well-being of countless innocent people. When you undermine border security, you are undermining human rights and human dignity. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. Um, And then he said the future belongs to sovereign and independent nations who protect their citizens, respect their neighbors, and honor the differences that make each country special and unique. And I think that's the thing. We need to go down the line, border, interior, visas, naturalization, all the processes and policies that really put teeth teeth into those statements the president made to ensure that they're not just words and meanwhile the policies are are garbage okay so that's that's the key here and personnel's policy and you see what a difference personnel makes with a guy like cuccinelli hopefully you know we could we could help him out build on that and uh expand that out to other positions and then get those policies in place but we need to focus We need a focus movement, and that's what the show is all about. Focus, discipline, the right issues. I'm not saying there aren't other important things to talk about. Heck, there's so many important things I don't even have time to get to that I'd like to discuss, but at the end of the day, I want to remain focused on critical policies that might not even seem that critical, but really do determine the future of this country, um, how it's going to look, our security, Whether we're we're a weak, open border nation or whether we're a strong sovereign nation affects pretty much every other policy, including voting, by the way. Um, You know, everyone's talking about, oh, foreign influence in elections, Ukraine, this Russia, that. I mean, heck, there's no greater foreign influence than people being able to come here, unilaterally assert jurisdiction, drop kids and um, say, hey, they're a citizen. By the way, a lot of Russians do this. So somehow that doesn't bother the left. But anyway, this has really been um, really been very enjoyable. And again, let me know. I hope to have him back, you know, unless I chased, chased him away, scared him off. Hope to have him back in a couple of weeks. So let me know what questions you would like him to answer. And uh, with that, God bless you all for, for staying with us so long. Let's grow this audience. Send the show to 50 of your relatives, your friends. Um, let's Let's start a movement, a revolution, not just a show like we like to say here a movement that we are so badly lacking god bless y'all see you tomorrow